Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Hello, Gotham. Joker's back in town. I'm not wearing hockey pants. And now you're listening to the new and improved Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast with your host, Alfred. No! What is going on, OTC listeners? Another episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast is in your life today. We are on episode 93, seven more until episode 100, the big one, double zero. Woohoo! Yeah, buddy. God damn. I know 100 is not a lot to, you know, a few people, but it's important to me. You know, it's it's important to me where. We're near episode 100. We nearly have 100 followers, as I always say before. The best way to help me out is to hit that follow button on Spotify, that subscribe button on iTunes, and tell your friends, tell your battle buddies, tell your friends, tell your people that Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast is up and running and growing and doing what it does best. And that's talk anything and everything in the world of comic book news, as you already know. I was in a shitty mood earlier. I really was. But after having some slices of pizza, a Coke, some garlic nuts, and maybe gonna die down on some spaghetti bolognese tomorrow afternoon before I go to work for 12 hours, I thought to myself, you know what? What is the best way for me to come onto this episode and just talk about whatever it is that I want to talk about. And last episode was very interesting because whether it's controversial to you or to many people, I basically said what I wanted to say about Wonder Woman potentially or is, in many cases, a rapist. And now, as you saw on the headline of this episode today, we're going to be targeting Ray Fisher. That's right, Ray Fisher, the guy that plays Cyborg in the DC Extended Universe, Ray Fisher, also known as the ultimate diva. God damn, there's going to be a lot that I'm going to say about him. I wouldn't say a lot because I tried to avoid this subject as best I can. I honestly did. For the past few weeks, maybe a couple of months, it was coming to the point where every time he would pop up on the news, I just didn't want anything to do with him anymore. And I guess it was a little sad to say because... You know, he's a human being, he's a paid actor, He's he has feelings, I guess, and he's just doing what he feels is best. And then when I keep on reading and reading and reading and just having him bitch all the fucking time, it just came out the point where I'm like, you know what, I need to get on the podcast and I need to talk about this in thorough, thoroughly, in a great and spectacular fashion. So, we'll see how that goes. When the episode is done. All that plus our superhero quote of the day. But first, like we always do about this time, let's get the shout outs out of the way, shall we? And I want to give the main shout out to the actress known as Anya Taylor-Joy. She is the main character for The Queen's Gambit playing Beth Harmon. The unstoppable, awesome, amazing chess player from the 1960s apparently. And we see her struggle through her times of addiction through pills and alcohol while beating the shit out of everyone and anyone and being the best chess player in the world. This was an awesome miniseries 
and it's on Netflix now. It's seven episodes long, an hour each. And I thought to myself, God damn, this is probably one of the best shows that I've ever fucking seen. And I'm kind of mad at myself that I didn't see it a lot sooner. But I did watch it with my roommate, and we enjoyed the fuck out of it. The ending almost made me cry. It really did. It almost made me cry. Like, I was, like, fucking grinning from ear to ear because I was so happy. I was rooting for the protagonist. I'm like, oh, my God, these... These are just some good fucking moments. I don't want to spoil anything if you have not seen it already. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. The Queen's Gambit, it's on Netflix right now. Shout out to Anya Taylor-Joy. If you don't remember who she is, she plays Magic from the New Mutants. I think she was in The Witch, if I'm not mistaken. And she was in a bunch of films. She's a good actress. She really is. And this show is going to blow you away. Once again, The Queen's Gambit on Netflix. If you have not watched it, I highly recommend it. Go enjoy yourself. Watch it now. It is seven episodes long, so you can binge the shit out of it in one day. If you're not working, go enjoy it now. You are welcome. That's all we have for the shoutouts. Let's dive into some Ray Fisher talk being the ultimate diva. That starts right in a bit. I have to say, with great confidence, I want to know about great confidence, but I'm just going to not beat around the bush here. I have never in my life, in terms of watching media, movies, fights, or anything along those lines, where I've seen someone literally self-sabotage their entire career. I mean, there would always be the stories that we would get where someone whether they have a high glory to fame or the road to fame and in a way that their ego is too much for them to handle, that they easily self-destruct with themselves with alcohol and drugs and sex and whatever. Like, it's their way of trying to cope with the madness that's going on with their lives. And we've seen this over and over through time. Case in point, maybe you could say Amanda Bynes being one of them. Or who is that other chick? I can't, I can't remember her name. Lindsay Lohan. There we go. Jesus. Lindsay Lohan. That's, uh, that's another name that came to my head. Well, we've seen these self-destructing actions many, many times. But this is something different. This is something different. This is something that I don't think I've ever expected in a while. Or not even in a while, but probably ever in my entire life and if it did happen at one point before then I either don't know about it or it was way before my time and I'm just too lazy to look at the research. Ray Fisher keeps on coming up and is popping up all over the news for months now for months ever since DC fandom happened no not even then way before then where they announced that Zack Snyder will be coming back with the Justice League cut that he made known as the Snyder Cut and it'll be premiering sometime March of 2021 which is literally in a couple of months or April give or take and then all of a sudden he comes out 
and he's now complaining about how the production was bad and how everything was terrible and how being in that acting experience was the worst experience of his entire life, that Joss Sweden did this and that and blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, if you had problems like this before, why are you bringing it up now? Why did you not bring it up back then when the movie premiered in 2017, which was just over three years ago? Why all of a sudden is he now talking about this? And then I'm thinking to myself, oh, okay, he must be a very strong advocate of the woke culture, of the cancel culture, because just by him doing this, he kind of single-handedly canceled Joss Sweden's career. I mean, let's face it, have you actually heard a peep from Joss Sweden ever since he made his allegations towards him on how whatever went on behind the scenes of Justice League, that it ended up the way it did? You don't really hear a peep from him anymore. He kind of just disappeared. And then if that wasn't enough, every month, every fucking month, there would always be something new. Now, I'm not going to go back in terms of reading exactly what he wrote. I'm sure you can do that on your own if for any reason you're curious. But it just came to the point where, okay, are you being like a black Donald Trump here? Are you bringing, are you being the 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 comic book version of Donald Trump? Because that's exactly what you're being. And I understand it's a little fucked up for me to compare the two, but come on, there are a lot of similarities here. Let's call Zebra fucking Zebra here. There are a lot of similarities. Maybe Ray Fisher's not a dictator, especially after what happened yesterday. Jesus Christ. Especially what after what happened at yesterday at Capitol Hill. Fucking hell. That that was just those are just fucking animals just going at it. There really was. But as I said, there are a lot of similarities between these guys. One craves attention, the other the same thing. Saying cryptic tweets complaining every month about something and now it's at the point where now the fans at least to me and maybe a lot of people were just fucking sick and tired of it we really are and if that wasn't enough now all of a sudden he's targeting the president or the executive producer of Warner in this case it's what's his name Walter Hamada I was about to say Walter Maida Walter Hamada, and he's basically the American film executive and producer, and he literally just re-upped his deal in being the DC Films president. He literally extended his contract to 2023, which means he ain't going anywhere, anywhere at all. And here's a quote from a representative of Warner. Walter is not only passionate about story and the DC canon, he's also a thoughtful and incredibly talented executive who is fully committed to investing the time and care necessary for movie making on this scale. With Walter overseeing our DC movies for a theatrical exhibition and on HBO Max, we are excited for him and his team to bring more of these stories to life, working with new and established talent to broaden the reach and diversity of the DC cinematic universe. That's supposed to be DC Extended Universe, but you kind of get my point here. And what did Ray Fisher do? He complained about it again and again. 
he complained about it. He's like, and these are his words to a T. It's weird how these reactionary announcements from Warner Brothers always forget to mention that Walter Hamada was working directly with Jeff Johns and Toby Emmerich, Emmerich during Justice League reshoots. More soon. A over E. And the A over E, I found out, it basically stands for accountability over entertainment. So, again, these are the types of things that's going to turn fans off. When you're reading cryptic messages... First of all, let me back up a little bit. Picture yourself as maybe being an angry person. You're upset at your boss over what your boss did. You're upset over what he did, over what she did, and then all of a sudden you want to take it to the higher-ups. Don't you think, for once... That if there was a strong problem, you would actually take care of the issue right then and there. You would file a complaint. You would do whatever you can to expose whatever it is they did. You would present evidence. You would present witnesses. Get cameras rolling or get statements. Or try to get the situation as clear as humanly possible right away. Because if you let time pass on, nobody's going to pay attention to it. Or the amount of credibility that is going to be there is going to be very, very slim. And I feel like that's what's going on here. At least that's what I'm feeling with Ray Fisher. It really is. Every month when he comes on Twitter, there's always something new. He's complaining about Joss Sweden. Then he's complaining about Jeff Johns. Now he's complaining about John Berg. Now he's complaining about Walter Armada. I'm like, Jesus Christ, what else are you going to fucking complain about? Like, are you Donald Trump right now? Like, because I, fe- I feel like that's exactly what you're doing. And now, to make matters worse, to make matters worse, what happens with Ray Fisher? Oh, not only did Warner Brothers extended Walter Hamada's contract, but it is confirmed from IndieWire, from The Wrap, from Complex, from IGN, from ComicBook.com, from all of these credible sites... That Ray Fisher is written out of the Flash movie. As he continues to criticize the DC Films president, he is now written out of the Flash movie. You know what that means in Lehman's terms? His ass got fucking fired. Fired. Do you want to do a, a Vince McMahon impression? Yeah, fire. And I'm just thinking to myself, and this comes back to what I was saying about Amanda Bynes and Lindsay Lohan. And I get it, maybe they're not in the same boat, but bro, you single-handedly ruined and destroyed your entire career. And for I and I get it. I don't know exactly what goes on behind the scenes. I don't know exactly what happened. Maybe there was something. Maybe there was some strong allegations. Maybe the allegations even have merit because you have Jason Momoa and Gal Gadot come out in subtlety where they're like, oh, I stand with Ray Fisher. I'm behind him. I'm this. I'm that. I'm blah, blah, blah. You realize not any other person actually said that. Not Ben Affleck. Not Henry Cavill. Not Ezra Miller, from what I know. Nobody else. Nobody else. And this goes back to what I was saying in terms of what you have to do 
first of all, you can't just fight a single organization alone. That's number one. You just can't. Because if it's you against a group, you're most likely going to lose. Even if your credibility is so strong and you uphold the truth and you know what happened. And and I'm not talking about every situation because I understand every situation is different. I get that. But when it comes to Hollywood, there's only so much that you can do. You are just a speck on the wheel. And that wheel is going to keep on turning with or without you. Hence, what happened to you right now when you got written out of a Flash movie that could potentially make millions, possibly over the billion dollar market at the global box industry, uh, global box office. Why? Because Michael Keaton is going to come back. And we know from nostalgia that we love us some Michael Keaton as Batman. So you know full well there are going to be nostalgic fans and new fans to want to check this movie out. I've, again, and this is what I've stated earlier, I have never seen anyone destroy their career so badly like this. Because now, I can imagine not any other studio, movie studios or movie production, is going to want to work with him. And if there will be, it'll probably be a pity party or maybe they do believe him in some way, but they're actually going to keep him on a very, very tight leash. I want to bring up a case in point. I thought about this a while ago. I remembered watching on HBO Max. It was the reunion of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And there was a moment where we saw, if you haven't seen it already, I'm going to spoil it only slightly, only slightly. Will Smith and Janet Hubert, or Hubbard, Hubert? Hubert. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing the name. Or Janet Hubert, the original Aunt Viv. The original Aunt Viv, the first person that played Aunt Viv, they had a talk. And it was 27 years since they did not have their conversation. And we were wondering from even back then, why all of a sudden Aunt Viv got recasted after three seasons. It turns out that she was going through a pregnancy during that time. She was legitimately pregnant and she was going through a very very hard time in her personal life that actually slowly transitioned into her professional life. But she tried to do whatever she could to ensure that those two be kept separately. And Will Smith, being as young and naive that he is, what did he do? He single-handedly destroyed her entire career instead of empathizing or talking and understanding where exactly she was coming from, maybe seeing that she could maybe seeing that he could lend out a hand to help her or see what exactly she was going through, which he knew at some capacity. He knew what was going on. And he said the one word that can destroy your career in Hollywood. He called her difficult. He said she was extremely difficult to work with. Now, I get that it was a different time era. This was in the early 90s. And I understand Hollywood is not as woke back then as it is to now. But you need to understand, as a person of color, as an African-American woman, being called difficult, and she even said it best, it's the kiss of death in Hollywood. Now, what does this have to do with Ray Fisher currently? It has to do with a lot of things that He has proven that he can become extremely difficult to work with. 
because there were many times where, and we've even seen on the news and read about it within certain variation of sources that the investigator was trying numerous times to get a word from him and he could not provide any evidence whatsoever. He couldn't provide any evidence or barely any evidence. And when the investigators tried to talk to him, he would either shut them out or cut their conversation short. And he was trying to make things very, very difficult to even get a word out. So what did Warner Brothers do in retaliation? Because I'm sure they had a private investigator or some kind of investigation going on throughout this whole thing. And I'm sure Jeff Johns or whoever it was that was in charge at that time came to him and be like, yo, I understand what you're feeling. And I'm just paraphrasing here. I'm just guessing here. But I can imagine, yo, whatever you're doing, you need to stop. This is not going to end very well for you. And I get it. I get it. Looking at it from another perspective, maybe there is some truth to merit. Maybe... There is something that did go on behind the scenes that we don't know of. Maybe he got fucked royally in the ass with no loop. I mean, who the fuck knows? Who the fuck knows? But here's my case in point. When you wait years to bring up an issue that you have with a boss. That you potentially got paid for. And you're not liking on how that direction is going. There's only so much that you can do. And if you don't like it for whatever reason, there's the fucking door. There's the fucking door. Either move on with it, accept it, move on. And if you want to fight the power or you want to fight, not even fight the power. If you want to go after an organization, if you want to go after whoever it is, at least get your bases together. I don't know what's going to happen to him from this point on. Maybe nothing happens to him from this point on. But I guarantee you, I don't think Hollywood is going to mess with him anytime soon. And when I say mess with him, I mean pick up that phone, call his agent, call his manager, and be like, yo, we got a role for you. Do you want it or not? I guarantee you he's going to be in very, very small roles from this point forward, if at all. I'm not an expert in this. And like I said, maybe there is a lot of things that goes on behind the scenes that I don't know about and we don't even know about. Who the fuck knows? But if you're looking for sympathy or if you're doing whatever you're doing for attention or if you want to target a group of people where you have no evidence against them whatsoever and obviously it's not justifiable. I get that. Just make sure that before you start shooting at something, you have your ammunition ready. You have your ammunition ready because it's going to look very, very bad if it downplays and the drawbacks are there and then all of a sudden you are left with nothing. Sometimes fighting a losing battle is not worth it. That's all I got to say about that.
That's all we have for today on this episode of Outside of the Comics Volume 2 Podcast. Once again, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. You know how to help this channel out very, very well. Hit that follow button. Hit that subscribe button on Spotify and iTunes and Stitcher and Podbean. I am everywhere on these platforms for anyone to have the option to listen to this marvelous podcast. (laughs) Marvelous. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can hit me up. We have a Facebook group, OTC Fanatics on Facebook. And you can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram. I am always on Twitter because I love me some fucking Twitter. Mike Garcia VO. That's Mike Garcia VO. I rarely use OTC Volume 2 anymore. So Mike Garcia VO is the best way to get a hold of me. And if you have, like I said, if you have any doubts, if you, maybe you have another insight in terms of what's going on with Ray Fisher, maybe you can tell me why the fuck he's being such a diva. I mean, who the fuck knows? Like, we can have a civil conversation about this, I can invite you on the podcast, we can talk man to man, or man to woman, or whichever the case may be. So you know what to do. Hit me up, let's have a discussion, let's plan something, and let's have a good time. And before we go on, and this one is a little different. This one is an actual meme that I found upon. And I feel like it pertains to how everything has been going on as of late. I've almost completed my seven-day trial of 2021. How do I cancel my subscription? Oh, man. My reaction to that is this. Yes, I understand 2020 was rough. It was bad for everybody. And I know 2021, people thought that the new year means things would get better. Listen, it's only been seven days. And chances are none of this shit is going to be over until the middle or even the end of 2021. I'm not being pessimistic. I'm being realistic here. So, all I can tell you is, don't lose hope. Don't lose sight on what you need to do for yourself. Don't lose sight in terms of what your goals are. Don't lose sight in terms of what you can do to make yourself happy. And that's all there is to it. Guys, have a great weekend. Tune in Monday night where we will talk more on all the hilarious happenings in the world of comic book movies, news, games, controversial topics, or whatever the case may be. And always remember, if you hear about it and you read about it, I talk about it. Stay safe. Till next time, I'm done, I'm through. Peace out.